Well, where do I begin? You know, uh, Pastor Benjamin, I think I'm going to have to find out whether or not he's a private investigator. I think he's been sneaking into my room, stealing my messages. I mean, the guy pretty much has preached everything I was going to preach. You know, I'm not coming to another retreat if he's coming to it. Because, I mean, who, who wants to follow that guy? You know what I mean? It's like, man, it's just not fair. But, uh, man, I just love you guys. I want to say that up front. I'm always blessed uh, to be with you. And, uh, you know, I might move to Korea Why not? But uh, just the hunger and the fire. Look, you know, when stuff breaks out, it really has nothing to do with me. It's your hunger. It's what you have labored for in prayer and intercession. So what's happening is, is directly from the Lord answering the prayers that you guys have prayed and sowing into that. So we just want to demystify all the man of God syndrome. Okay? And uh, it, it really is about the Lord's heart and how he feels toward you guys. But uh, I'm still feeling a little drunk from this afternoon, so <laughs> the spirit never really did lift off of me today. So, uh, you know, you can just call me the drunk uncle of New Philly. You know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, Benjamin's preaching today, and I'm like, get out of my mailbox, man. The guy's like all up in my business. But uh, (laughs) We're going to have a fun time tonight. You know, I just want to say on the front end, you know, let's let's not be afraid. I just want to say on the front end, perfect love cast out fear. I want you to know I love you guys. I would never do anything to hurt you. <laughs> Man, I was coming up to some of you people and you were like, No! No! <laughs> gosh. But uh, we're going to try to get through this tonight. Amen. You guys going to help me pray for my throat. That's the main thing. My voice that I get (laughs) that I get through it. But uh, I'm going to preach something really quick. Just some really simple, basic things, highlights from what I believe Benjamin and has, has already spoken And uh, what happens is when someone has a prophetic anointing, they will call out stuff and rattle out stuff, and you are missing most of it. You're like, what in the world did that dude just say? Uh, Vomit what? (laughs) Hold down what? And you know, what's been amazing is God has been speaking to you guys. This has just really struck me, that God's been speaking to you guys like you were 30 and 40 years old in the Lord. I mean, when I go places, you know, usually the, these type of messages that we're both caring about 
who God is and who you are in Christ and, and going through times and seasons and getting prophetic words and having to go through the times of testing. That's for like 30-year-old people in the Lord. But I believe God is marking you for something. And He's depositing something in you that you don't even understand why yet. There are things being spoken over you that you haven't connected the dots about yet. But years down the road, you'll be like, I remember what Mr. Beauchamp and Pastor Benjamin said. And they're right on. You may not understand it now, but, but the Lord will connect it later on in life. And I'm just going to continue to, to give you some broad strokes over what we have felt like the Lord is highlighting over this retreat. And so let's pray before I begin. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would release the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, I pray for clarity. I pray that you would give us understanding. And I pray for an anointing to bring clarity. And God, I pray that every person within the sound of my voice tonight would encounter you. That there would just even now be an expectancy to meet And to experience the Spirit of God. Without fear, without reservations. That we would open up our hearts wide tonight. And that we would truly be transformed into your image from glory to glory. Lord, we're thankful for what you've done. But I ask for an increase of that glory. Lord, we ask for another Pentecost experience. Lord, we ask for the wind and the fire and the the wine to be released, God, and that you would just touch each and every person according to their need tonight. That you would meet every person where they're at. In every level of, of spiritual maturity, meet every person tonight, God. Let the prophetic anointing touch every heart tonight. Let them hear your voice, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit, even now. Holy Spirit. You are our teacher. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. We love you, Holy Spirit. Amen. I love Holy Spirit. I love Him. No, I love Him. He's my friend. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I talk to Him. And He talks to me. And He goes with me where I go. If he doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. Holy Spirit, do you want me to go? If you don't want me to go, I'm not going. But he said, go here. He said, come here. And I believe he wants to touch all of you. As I shared in the seminar earlier, I just want to cover a few things. Is that we need to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We need to get to know him personally. We need to talk to the Holy Spirit. I wake up every day and I say, Holy Spirit, I love you. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me in truth. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to me. 
Holy Spirit, take what you hear in the council of heaven and, and reveal it to me. Holy Spirit, show me how much Jesus loves me today. In John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I leave. You see, the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited by flesh. It's to your advantage that I go to the Father because when I sit down at the right hand of the Father, I'm going to send Him. And He's going to comfort you. He's going to lead you and guide you. He's going to teach you. He's going to change you. It says He will take what He hears and He will disclose it to you. He will reveal to you what is to come. You guys, you need to know the Holy Spirit. If you're not talking to the Holy Spirit, just start. Just start doing it. The, the scripture in, right there in John 16 says he will take what he hears and reveal it to you. And Jesus said he will glorify me. So it, talking to the Holy Spirit or emphasizing the Holy Spirit is in no way taking away from Jesus or the Father. Because he said, look, you need to get to know him because he's the one that's going to distribute the gifts and the power that I want to give you to be witnesses in all the world. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't just some Holy Ghost Santa Claus, you know, and he comes with a bag and he just distributes gifts. And, you know, he's actually a person. He has emotions. He can be grieved. He can be quenched. He can be lied to. He can be insulted. He has a personality. He's referred to as a person by Jesus. Look, in a marriage covenant... The deepest thing, the most intimate thing a man can give a woman is his seed. I wish I could give my wife my spirit. Because if I, if I could give her my spirit, she would become like me. <laughs> because your spirit is who you are. And Jesus said, I'm not just going to give you seed, I'm going to give you my deep I'm going to give you my depths in this marriage covenant. Jesus said, anything spoken against the Father, it shall be forgiven men. Anything that is spoken against the Son of Man, anything against Jesus, it shall be forgiven them. But if any person says anything against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. I don't want you to get you into fear. I'm just saying... That's how much Jesus emphasizes His Spirit. It's important to Him. And on the day of Pentecost, Jesus' passionate prayer and desire was that the disciples would go into that upper room. Go tarry in the city until you are endued with power. And tonight we're going to talk about that process of times and seasons because many of us, we experience the Holy Spirit early on in our salvation and we get excited and then we go and we tell everybody about Jesus. Look, when I got saved, I was crazy. Crazier than I am now. And, uh, you know, I was so bold. I was going back into the clubs and I shared this story earlier. Uh, on Christmas night, all the witches and warlocks would actually go into this certain club I used to sell ecstasy at. And so me and a friend, this was only a few months after I got saved, we said, let's go into this club and witness to people. 
on Christmas night, you know, when all the witches show up. Why not? And so we we're in the parking lot and we're pouring oil over each other. <laughs> we're just pouring oil over each other because we're about to go into the, maybe the devil's den. Let's do this. And so we walk in there and all of a sudden you could feel like needles. They were all cursing us and hissing. We would walk in and they're like. And we just walked over to the bar and put the Bible down on the bar and said, who wants to know Jesus? (laughs) Death threats, people walking by. We're going to kill you tonight. Trying to just intimidate us. Two guys walked over and said, tell me more. Led them to the Lord. Got saved right there in the bar. I mean, witches everywhere. Cursing us, attacking. I mean, it was crazy. But that's how zealous I was for the Lord. It was a season of manifestation. I mean, when I got saved, Jesus appeared to me. How many would say that's a season of manifestation? And when we don't discern our times and seasons... The ebbs and flows of God manifesting himself and then God retracting himself. Then we will become disillusioned. That's what disillusionment is. Is when you're asking for something and it hasn't yet been answered. Or things haven't went the way you expected them to go. And that produces either offense or disappointment or discouragement. Especially when it's long seasons. So I just want to make it clear for some of you, you're in that season where God is encountering you and you're being affirmed and and the Lord is calling you his son and and your daughter and you're getting blasted and and the manifestation is on some of you. And it's for a reason, because God will speak and declare who you are on the front end. And that's that prophetic word that Benjamin's been talking to you about. God will speak to you who you are. He'll reveal who he is and then tell you who you are. And then he'll withdraw himself for the season of testing. It's called a wilderness. You see, the sons of Issachar, there were a priestly company, sons of Levi, sons of Issachar. They discerned their times and seasons. It was a priestly anointing to know what Israel ought to do in the certain times. Did you know all of us go through times and seasons? Sometimes it's springtime, it's manifestation, it's happy, it's joyous. But sometimes it's the winter months. And Misty Edwards sings a song, Come, O north winds, blow upon my garden. You know your soul is like a garden? Right now I'm sowing seed into the garden of your soul. And in different seasons, those cold winds will blow. And it's not as warm and tingly and fiery and exciting as it was in the springtime. And so some of you are in that springtime experience and you're going to go through winter time. And see, when Jesus saw the fig tree and he didn't find fruit on the fig tree in its season, he cursed it. Because the Lord is looking for fruit in the season that you're supposed to bear outward fruit. But when it's the winter months, you're not supposed to be bearing outward fruit. You're supposed to be Working inward fruit. And so we need to understand what season we're in to know what the Lord is doing. Is this a time for outward fruit? Is this a time for me to go and preach and grow and expand? Or is the Lord pruning you and he's digging into the deeper parts for inward fruit? 
Inward development. Some of you are in that place of inward development. God's not requiring of you external fruit right now. He's going deep. Now, some of you are in the season of producing outward fruit. And of course, you go and we are to bear much fruit and proclaim the word of God. But the thing is, these times and seasons, they're not always easy to discern. For instance, after I graduated Bible college, I got sent to the nations and I saw a bunch of power. I saw a lot of manifestations and the spirit of God was on me. Now, I had been through every inner healing ministry. I'd been through every deliverance ministry. And, you know, I was going to every service. I was being as good as I could possibly be for God. I was running hard after God. And I want you to listen to me. As you work it out, I want you to understand it's God working it in you. It's not about you striving to attain something. That it's God at work in you. And what you do is you yield. You submit and you say, yes, Lord, have your way. That's really as simple as it is. Yes, Lord, have your way. I will obey. And when you feel the promptings of the Holy Spirit to do something, you obey. And I want to say that the Holy Spirit only highlights one or two things that he wants to deal with in your life at a time. Very rarely does the Holy Spirit just expect you to have it all together right now. You know, the enemy would like to overwhelm you and bring up all your failures and show you how weak and frail you are and all your weaknesses and try to get you to give up because you just think, I can't do this. I can't get it all together. And even at this retreat, I mean, you've seen people who may have it all together. Trust me, they don't have it as together as you think they do. Don't compare yourself to other people. Find out what the Holy Spirit has highlighted over you this weekend and submit to it. And say, Lord, do whatever you want to do in me. I receive it and I will obey. It's as simple as that. It's God who is at work in you to will and do for his good pleasure. He will complete the work that he began in you. Just yield and let the Holy Spirit do his work. And so I graduated Bible college and went to the nations. I went to Paris, France. I saw all kinds of crazy power. I thought I was God's man of power for the hour. I mean, I was ready. Bring it on. That's when I was squirting guns and, you know, doing all this stuff. Man, I went to every inner healing thing I could. Say, I'm getting ready for my wife. I'm getting cleaned up. I'm scrubbing my soul. All the bondage of drug addiction and baggage, that's gone, man. I'm going to be brand spanking new for my wife. Let me tell you something, friend. There are things in you that you don't know are there until you get married. I mean, I thought I was together, friend. And so that's an example of times and seasons. Where I was in a season of manifestation, I come off the mission field. You know, I thought I was going to plant a church in Europe. That's what, that was my goal. But I come off the mission field and I'm in an engagement with my wife. And I go to work at a golf course picking up golf balls. I mean, I'm the guy driving the little cart that, you know, picks up the balls. You know, and everybody's aiming at me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying their best to hit me when <laughs> You know, I'm driving around. I'm like, God, you have left me. 
<laughs> you know, then I got a job pumping gas for fishermen, like really rough fishermen that all they do is drink beer and go eat fish and catch fish. And, I mean, some really rough guys. And so, you know, I was sitting in this little dock uh, there in the right there on the bay. And uh, that's all I did is I walked out of the little dock <laughs> to pump gas for boats as they would come in. Now, I went from preaching, seeing signs and wonders and power to pumping gas. For seven years, I didn't even preach again. <laughs> my first job, I moved to Kansas City. My first job was I was the director of housekeeping. <laughs> I cleaned the toilets, man. That's what I did at IHOP. Hey, look, you want an anointing? Clean the toilets. I'm telling you, you better serve. The lower you go, the more power you will get. I'm telling you, power's there. But it was a time of wilderness. Now, look, you may think you're in wilderness right now just because you don't have air conditioning. <laughs> You know, most of us get overwhelmed because we don't have air conditioning or we don't have a car. Or, you know, we don't know what college to go to. Look, you're not in wilderness, all right? You're not touching wilderness yet. Most of you have not touched wilderness yet. I think I'm the oldest guy in the room, which that's the only thing about coming to New Philly stuff that I don't like. You know, you guys show me how old I am. But, uh, but seriously... It's about understanding the dealings of God and that you may not get your prayers answered in the way that you wanted them answered. But that doesn't mean God hasn't heard you. And that doesn't mean that the answer to prayer isn't being worked out in you. It may be a delayed answer, but that doesn't mean it's not being answered. Because you are in a certain time and season, whether it be manifestation or hiddenness or wilderness. Hiddenness is another word. And this is how hiddenness works. Have you ever played hide and go seek with a child? You know, it's like, okay, you, I'm going to go hide. Daddy's going to go hide. And you try to find him. Okay, so the kid's like, yeah, 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 let's play. I want to do that. And so the dad goes and he hides behind a corner. And for a minute, the kid's happy, like, oh, I'm going to find daddy. You know, I'm going to find daddy. And then all of a sudden, about 15 seconds into it, <laughs> the kid's like, ah! and he starts screaming because he can't find his dad. But the whole time, the dad is hiding behind the wall, but he's always got his eyes on the child. It's the same thing God does. He wants to... He wants you to grow up and mature, not be afraid. And, and that's what the testing is. Did you know that Jesus went through these same times and seasons? Jesus had to go through it as well. Did you know the Bible says Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered? Did you know that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature? Did you know that maybe Jesus had trouble and had wrestling over his identity growing up in Nazareth with his brothers. You know, people were exalting him and talking such praise over him. Jesus was fully God, but fully man, fully human. And he had to wrestle with these things. And so Jesus, when he becomes of the right age, 
goes out to the Jordan River, which is the place of transformation, by the way. Everything and anything that went through the Jordan River was completely transformed. It brought them into a new season. So Jesus goes out to John the Baptist, who was the rightful heir of the high priesthood at the time. And whenever the high priest would pass the mantle of the high priesthood onto the next in line, they would immerse them in a baptism. Did you know your baptism symbolizes your immersion into your priesthood? So Jesus goes to the place of transformation, the shifting of the priesthood. John the Baptist was the rightful heir of the priesthood. If you study his lineage, because it had to be a lineage of Aaron and the Roman priesthood, it was corrupt. So Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, comes up out of the water, and the Spirit descends upon him like a dove. And what happens? He hears the audible voice of the Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That's a season of manifestation. Jesus comes up out of the water and boom, the Spirit comes upon him. I mean, he feels the fire. He feels the dove resting on him. And then he hears the thunderous voice of the Father. This is who you are. And I am pleased with you. That's what God's been speaking to you this weekend. This is who you are. And I am pleased with you. You're in manifestation, man. God's touching you. This is a season to encounter Him. He wants to encounter you. But Jesus was on the fast track, wasn't He? I mean, Jesus, it didn't take long. He comes up out of the water, the Spirit's on Him, and then immediately it says the Spirit led Him into the wilderness. It says He became hungry. He was with the wild beasts. And the trial and the testing that Jesus went through supersedes anything that you're going through, especially when you don't like the kimchi you got fed or you don't have air conditioning. Or that boy that you like doesn't like you back. That's not wilderness. It's not wilderness. It may feel like a wilderness. But just imagine this, Jesus in the wilderness and Satan comes with all the armies of darkness. Satan shows up with everything. If you are the son of God. Somebody just got raptured. (laughs) I mean, look, I've been in situations where I have felt darkness at really high, high levels. Uh, I wish I had time to tell the story, but I actually witnessed to the high satanic minstrel of the high satanic priest, Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant, had a divine appointment with him. <laughs> Clash. I mean, this guy eats, drinks blood and is the high minstrel for Antoine LaVey, the high, high satanic priest on the earth. God gave me a divine appointment with him. Prophesied over him anyway. I won't tell the story now. <laughs> okay, okay. Man, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for stories. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Okay, so 
We hear that Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin. How many of you have heard of Led Zeppelin? Wow, that's sin. You need to repent. <laughs> oh. So I used to listen to these guys when I would take LSD and I would go on demonic journeys. You know, I'd go on a trip. I'd be tripping listening to their music. They were, they were leading people into realms of darkness. And they knew what they were doing. And so they, we hear that they're coming to Pensacola. We're at the revival. And so the evangelist Steve Hill says, everybody join hands. Led Zeppelin's coming to do a concert in Pensacola. Let's pray for them to have a divine appointment. So everybody joins hands and we just start crying out for a divine appointment. The next day, I'm uh, going to the beach to read a book called Reese Howell's Intercessor. Does anybody know about that book? All right, you need to look into getting that book, Reese Howell's Intercessor. It's about a man who yielded himself to the Holy Spirit on every level. I mean, just became an intercessor in the, in the uh, I forget the time, but it was in England. I've actually done evangelism in the same town that Reese Howells did evangelism because I used to travel to try to get anointings. <laughs> and I went to Mariah Chapel where Evan Roberts had a revival in America and I laid on the pulpit and rubbed myself. <laughs> hey man, if there's some DNA from a revival, I'm going to get it. <laughs> So anyway, I'm reading this book and I'm just, you know, trying to follow the Holy Spirit. I'm learning how to follow the Holy Spirit's voice. And I go to the beach and I, I lay down my towel and I'm the only one there. But I look over to the side and there's this guy and this girl and they're making out. And I'm the only one there. So I'm like, awkward. <laughs> so, you know, I pick up my towel and I go down the beach about a mile. Lay out my towel again and look out in the water. There's a guy and a girl making out in the water. I'm the only one else around. Awkward. So I, I pick up my towel. I'm getting frustrated now. I'm like, come on, Reese Howell. I need the Holy Spirit to show me where to go. And so I go to a hotel. And, uh, you know, I did sneak into a hotel just to use their pool area. So, Lord, forgive me. And so I go to the back pool area, lay down and get a lounge chair and sit down. I open my book and then I look over to my right. There's the whole band. I'm like, Holy Ghost. I'm like, it's on now. And so I walk over to him. They all got their sunglasses on. And I say, hello, sir. Can I get your autograph? Hey, come on. You know, you would have too. You know, you got to get off. And so he says, sure. And I say, there's 5,000 people that prayed for you last night. And God's uh, sending revival to the land. And he's pouring out his spirit. And it's a true Christianity. It's not religion. It's not about uh, the do's and don'ts of following God. Jesus is alive. And then Jimmy, Jimmy Page says, man, we don't want to hear about your religion. And uh, in that moment, I said, hey, man, going to church doesn't make you a Big Mac no more than going or going to church doesn't make you a Christian no more than going to McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. I said that <laughs> to Jimmy Page. I said that it was so foolish. It shut him up. <laughs> you know, he, he was he was like, 
<laughs> and so, <laughs> but then, but then the spirit of the Lord came on me, prophetic anointing came on me. And I said, I know you're tired of doing what you're doing. And I pointed at him. I pointed at all of them. And I said, I used to take LSD and go into places of darkness that you were leading me to. I know you know what you're doing. I said, but now I'm baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord says to you today, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy and laden. I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Spirit of God just fell on them. Conviction. Total silence over the whole thing. And then I was like, came out of that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I came out of that. I was like, all right. <laughs> and, and, uh, Robert Plant stands up. I don't know what he's going to do. And he tips his sunglasses down. And he has these steely blue eyes, like deep crystal blue eyes. And uh, he sticks out his hand. He shakes my hand. And he said, good job, man. I said, thanks. <laughs> hey, that was it. But look. But look, I know you wanted to hear that he got saved and delivered and baptized in the Holy Ghost. But, you know, that just didn't happen. We're sowing seed. That's all I did. But look, if I wouldn't have obeyed the Holy Spirit's prompting and I would have sat on that beach... You, you see, there's different levels to get to those levels of darkness. And you've got to be obedient. And that's what led me to that divine appointment. And so we have to know the Spirit's voice and be intimate and follow Him. But Jesus was led immediately into a wilderness. All of the forces of hell were coming against Him with the fullness of darkness. Angrily. Jesus was tired. He probably didn't feel what he felt at his baptism. And he didn't have a Misty Edwards CD to put on, you know, to feel the warm, tingly feelings of the Holy Spirit. He probably didn't feel nothing but razor-sharp arrows piercing his body. The euphoria of darkness, just the little bit that I felt. I mean, Satan himself appeared. If you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. Challenging Jesus' faith in His identity. You see, Jesus, I don't know. Uh, oh, God, help me. I don't feel anything right now. But you spoke to me. It is written. And even though He didn't feel it, He didn't... He wasn't moved by his emotions. He said, it is written. He stood upon the word of God. Let me tell you something. When you're in this time of testing, stand upon the word of God. Look, you get the prophetic word to sustain you in the wilderness. You get the prophetic word to sustain you through the trial. You hear the affirmation of the father so that when the accusations come against you from the enemy, you can say, I heard the prophetic word. I have read in the Holy Scriptures 
This is who I am. I don't care if I feel it or not. It is written. Jesus, as you know the story, I mean, when he says that, all the forces of darkness push back. Then they came back again. They tried again. The scripture actually says that after Satan had tried every temptation, we only read about three, but it could have been hundreds. It said after Satan had tried every temptation, he said he would try at a more opportune time. And I don't know about you, I got a lot of opportune times. So, you know, in the same way, the enemy comes to us at our weakest points. And the enemy knows your weakness. And a leader of mine told me years ago, your greatest strength is to know your weakness. That you would understand what your weaknesses are so that you would know where to gird up yourself with Scripture and to pray for strength and grace in the Holy Spirit to stand in the evil day. You know, there's going to be an evil day. And that's what we're talking about. Hold it down. Work it out. It's when, you know, you don't feel everything and it's difficult. And you're surrounded by a bunch of unbelievers at your school or your family who don't believe in God. And you have to stand your ground against these accusations. That's how it plays out in your life. Is can you obey in the face of resistance? That's mature Christianity. So Jesus, it says he comes off the mountain... In the power of the Holy Spirit. There was a shift that took place. He was led up into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. But it says he came down off the mountain in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've been in situations where I've prayed for people. And people would start falling maybe 10 or 15 feet away from me. Because of the anointing that's on me. Sometimes I can feel my spirit man come out so big that I can pray and see people 10 or 15 feet away get touched by the Holy Spirit. Now imagine Jesus, knowing who he is, coming off a mountain having passed his test. Can you imagine? I bet the anointing flowing off this man is a mile long. I mean, everybody who even got close to him probably got electrocuted. Full of power and confident in who he is. It says he went and he taught in the synagogues and news about him spread all over the land. Did you know you are created to make Jesus famous? Not yourself. Come on, dance team. We're going to make Jesus famous. And by the way, I would have joined you, but you know, I had to, I had to reserve my energy. But it says Jesus went to his hometown, the place where he probably got the most ridicule of his identity. When you go back to your hometown, look, this is a great retreat. But look, you're going to have to go back into those situations where people question your identity. So Jesus goes right back to Nazareth and it says he walks into the synagogue just full of the Holy Spirit's power. And it says he stands up in the synagogue and says, pass me the book of Isaiah. Power just coming off him. All of a sudden, demons start manifesting. We know who you are. Shut up and come out. I know who I am too. I mean, fully knowing who he was, hand me the book of Isaiah chapter 61. And I know this is y'all's mandate. This is, this is what it's about. Jesus takes that book, opens it up, opens it up. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he has anointed me. <laughs> it said, as he spoke, it was like grace poured upon his lips. It was empowering everyone who heard. Look, the reason God puts his anointing upon you is for the service of the kingdom. It's not to bear witness that God is real. You don't ask for encounters just to prove that God is real in your life. We ask for encounters because we want to spread the news of the power of Jesus Christ. To set the captive free. To, to recover the sight of the blind. And to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. To preach the gospel to the poor. That's why the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. We must understand what the anointing is for in order to operate in the anointing. In order to flow in the anointing. Some of you may not even know what the word anointing is or means. It's just external power given to you by the Holy Spirit to be set apart by God, for God, for the work of the ministry. And don't get distracted by what gift do I have, what gift don't I have. You have the Holy Spirit. And He will equip you to do whatever you need to do in that moment. Again, it's just knowing the Holy Spirit personally. But Jesus walked in the revelation and the truth of who He was. Now, I want to shift gears here and talk about the glory. Because so many people went through transition of times and seasons. And it's ultimately so that He can put more glory on you. Because you were made for glory. And there were several men and women of God who went through the process of times and seasons. And I just think of a couple. I mean, Abraham has the encounter with God and then walks by faith to a city not made by hands. And goes through several trials and testings of his faith. You think of Joseph gets the word. Benjamin shared it so eloquently the other night. That Joseph got the prophetic word, but he had to sit on it. He had to wait until God's timing, until the fulfillment of that word came to fruition. That he didn't try to make it happen. And the best example of that is David. David gets anointed king. And he had every opportunity to make it happen for himself. You do not want to create an Ishmael. You do not want to create a ministry before the timing of the Lord. And you don't want to be sent out unless the Holy Spirit sends you out. Like on the day of, of when they were gathered together at Antioch. And the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work for which I have for them. I believe the body of Christ has gotten too excited about sending people out that don't have a depth and an understanding of who God is and who they are. We have to tarry in the city. We have to come together and create an atmosphere of His glory so that we can mature and do all things. And then the Holy Spirit comes and says, set apart for me so and so and so and so. And you send them out with a true apostolic anointing and sending and blessing. Then I think of Moses. Okay, Moses messes with me. Moses was a glory addict. Okay, Moses had more encounters than anybody you will ever find in Scripture. 
I mean, it's crazy encounter. You ever read about Moses? Come on, guys. You know the story of Moses? What's the first thing he encountered? That bush. I mean, the thing's on fire, but it's not being consumed. Okay, that'll mess with you. You know, I mean, right off the bat, the dude's having like crazy visions and encounters. What's another thing he experienced? Okay, the staff uh, with the plagues. He was able to declare plagues, the seven plagues, right? That would be pretty wild (laughs) to be able to just stretch out your rod and all of a sudden declare frogs to fall on everybody. How How many of you say that's a manifestation? The bush was a manifestation. It was an encounter. The plagues was an encounter. What's another thing? The Red Sea. Come on. Moses, Moses sees the whole Red Sea part. I mean, that would be enough, right? You would think the bush was enough or the plagues was enough. And then he sees this sea just part in half. I mean, how did that look walking through with the little whale swimming by, you know, little squid? Power, amazing power, amazing power. What's another one? How about the manna? Every day you wake up and there's this weird flaky stuff on the ground that you eat. And then the quail and the meat. And then they got thirsty and they all complained. Now the whole time Moses is having to deal with all those whiny little babies in the wilderness. We don't like manna. We don't like quail. I'm tired of eating quail. And I'm thirsty too. All right, so Moses strikes this rock. And all of a sudden, a river gushes out. Now, look, there were over a million people in the children of Israel. You know, it wasn't a water fountain. You know, he didn't strike the rock and everybody pushed the rock button and, you know, get a little bit. You know, it was a river, a mighty river. Just all of a sudden overflowed out of this rock to, the, to uh, give drink to a million people. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy encounter. He saw some stuff. What about Sinai? Oh, you got to read this. Turn with me. Exodus 24. Moses is just out of control. (laughs) I'm sharing these encounters because you were made to experience God. And it will be your encounter that sustains you. And I'm at a point in my life where I love good teaching. But I forget a lot of what people teach me anyway. But I remember getting up off the floor after the Lord electrocuted me. I mean, we need sound teaching. I'm not nullifying that at all. But some of us need to experience God. Because you were made to experience God. We need his presence. So let's look at this in Exodus 24 and read verse 9. Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet there appeared in the pavement of sapphire as clear as the sky itself. 
Yet he did not stretch out his hand against the nobles or the sons of Israel. And they saw God and they ate and drank. They had a stinking picnic <laughs> with God. Really? Moses had some encounters. It's your encounters that will sustain you through the trial. Verse 15, then Moses went up the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. Then the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. Now, this is Moses by himself getting special treatment. And the glory descending on the mountain and Moses staying there for 40 days and 40 nights. How many of you know Moses encountered God for 40 days? Okay, then he goes down and he establishes a tent of meeting. And all the children of Israel line up and they watch Moses go into the tent of meeting. All right, I'll be out in a minute. Where are you going, Moses? Uh, I'm just going to go talk to God face to face. Look, I want to say something. Don't, don't allow another man keep you from experiencing God on your own. Don't trust on someone else to go into the tent and you live off their anointing or you live off their wisdom. Some of you can sit in this meeting this weekend and say, oh, that was so great. But you're you're sustaining yourself off other people's anointing. But when you get isolated, you don't have a reservoir. You've got to go and dig your own well and set up your own tent of meeting. I have a place in my house where it's just me and the Lord and we meet regularly. It's my tent of meeting. There's been moments I've walked into that room and the Holy Spirit takes me out like somebody hit me in the back of the head with a baseball bat. I'm serious. Encounter. God wants to meet with his people. So Moses goes in and when he comes out, his face would shine. So much so that he had to cover up his face because of the glory he encountered was being transferred into his physical body. Now, if that weren't enough, the scripture says that one of the most powerful miracles or displays of God, God's power ever was when God drove out the enemies before Moses and the people. Moses stood back and watched the power of God take out all the enemies in the land. I mean, Moses saw some stuff. But this is what amazes me. This is what really gets me. Let's look at verse, or chapter 33. We'll start in verse 13. It says, now, therefore, I pray you, if I found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider me. Consider me that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, then do not lead us up from here. Verse 16. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people, is it not by your going with us so that we may, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who were on the face of the earth? 
It's the presence of God that distinguishes you from everybody else. A ministry without the presence of God cannot reveal the knowledge of God. That's why we ask for God's glory to come. That's why we ask for His presence to come. Because how else are we going to be distinguished from every other church or people in the world? Unless we have that spirit, that presence. But let's turn. Let's look. Verse 17. Well, let's just jump to 18. Then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. What? How does Moses have the audacity to ask for more? That's what I love about Moses. He was hungry, man. I want more. How much more could there be? Really, think about it. How much more could there be? And look, if there was more considering how much Moses experienced, what about you and I today? A little falling and a little shaking is absolutely nothing. Nothing. We have to pursue this thing. Show me your glory. Oh, really? But this is the beautiful thing. He says, I will let you see my hind parts. (laughs) 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 But the revelation God gave Moses was something he had never seen before. I am gracious. I am compassionate. I am slow to anger. And I am abounding in loving kindness and truth. He gave Moses a revelation of intimacy that he had not seen before. Beloved, there is a greater intimacy for you to experience. There's a greater glory for you to experience. The Lord says, if you'll keep coming through the test, if you'll keep coming through the trial, if you'll endure, if you'll believe my word above every other accusation, there is a place beside me, Moses. There is a place with me. And you will know my glory. And you will know my presence. You will know my spirit. And I will speak to you great things. And I will raise you up on that day. And I will grant you authority over the nations. To him who overcomes, I will grant them the authority to sit with me at my right hand and rule over the nations. To him who overcomes, I will allow them to... Oh, there's so much revelation. Oh, I'll give you a white stone. Now look... I don't know what a white stone is, but I want one. I hope I can put it in the back of my truck. Maybe it says Coca-Cola. I'm just kidding. Those who know me know that's funny. It says, I'll give you a new name, which no one knows. I want a new name. I mean, there's, there's so many promises and rewards to those who overcome the trials and the testings. It gives us a motivation to... Overcome every circumstance. So here Moses is. Show me your glory. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 3. 
Verse 7. But if the ministry of death and letters engraved on stones came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, fading as it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be with even more glory? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Verse 9, for if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, how much more that which remains in glory. Now jump down to verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord the Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He is the Lord. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And what I just read is that Moses' glory that he encountered was fading. And that we've been giving a greater ministry to experience the glory of God. That we should be going from glory to glory. Look, if you have not experienced more glory than you did a year ago, then you're stuck in something. You should be experiencing more than you did in past seasons. Because when you come out of your test, there's an increase of power. There's an increase of anointing. And the reason you're in the trial and the test is because God is answering the very prayer you prayed. Lord, make me like you. Lord, I want to be like Jesus. Really? You want to be like Jesus? You better consider that again. Jesus said in the same way they treated me, they're going to treat you. And all the disciples were martyred except for one. And they tried killing him several times. You know, our ministries. I really am not impressed with numbers because the model of Jesus's ministry, he actually shrunk his church. <laughs> it didn't grow, it shrunk. Because he asked them, can you drink the cup? Are you willing to drink the cup? God's raising up a generation that's saying, I have to see your glory. I know there's more. And if I have to drink the cup in order to see a generation transformed into the image of God and carrying His glory, I'll drink the cup, Lord. By life or by death, I will drink the cup. No matter trials, testings, persecutions, afflictions, it doesn't matter. We read in Romans 8, nothing shall separate you from the love of Christ Jesus. But what I want to pray is that tonight Lord, the Lord would increase His glory. That you would encounter His glory in the same way that Moses encountered it, but in the promise that we've been given a greater glory. The veil's been torn and you have access into the glory, the throne room of God. The tabernacle of Moses was weak. It did not bring the fulfillment of the promise of what's available. But we now serve in a heavenly tabernacle where we have access to the throne of God. And you need to learn how to receive because some of you I'm praying for and you're begging something for something. You're praying in tongues. You're trying to strive for something and... You know, if I had some kimchi in my hand and said, I want to give you kimchi. You don't have to stand in front of me and be like, please give me kimchi. Please give me kimchi. 
Like, here, just take it. You're not praying in tongues. I mean, praying in tongues is communicating to God, declaring His marvelous works. It's your prayer language. Look, when you're receiving impartation, it's not time to intercede. It's time for you to receive. You say, well, how do I receive? Look, in the book of Revelation, it says there is a shining jasper God. And there is a river of fire flowing from His throne. And there are angels and seraphim and cherubim surrounding this throne, giving praises to the glorious, shining God. When I'm receiving, I close my eyes. And I just picture myself standing before that river of fire. And I'm not receiving from man, even though a man may be touching me or laying hands on me. I'm receiving something from heaven. I'm looking for something from heaven. I want heaven. Let's just exercise that right now. Close your eyes. Eyes like a flaming fire. Shining jasper stone. Sapphire sea, mingle with fire. Come, Holy Spirit. You receive from this place. This is the place of contemplation. This is the place of communion. You gaze upon the beautiful one. Lord, show me your glory. Lord, show us your glory. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Fire. Shining. see what Moses saw. God, you've given us access. We receive right now. for more we know there's more Fill this house with your glory. 
we just receive right now. Seraphim, cherubim. Lord, release the angels right now. The angels from your throne right now. I release the angel of presence. Increase our capacity. Expand our capacity. To walk in the realms of the Holy Spirit. seasons of manifestation the Lord's touching you for others of you it's just been hard it's been a long winter you faced difficulty and you felt the breath of the enemy the enemy's tried to get you to give up that's what the enemy wants you to do is to give up in the wilderness the Lord's going to release a river in the dry land. A river of life. I declare a shift in the season right now. It's been hard and it's been dry. Your hands have become weary. The Lord wants to strengthen the hands and the knees. Lord, release the season of manifestation. Release the season of manifestation. Release encounters, God. Release encounters again, God. More, more, more. More.
I call forth the well inside of you to spring up. There's dead places inside of you and the Lord wants to speak life to your inner man. New season right now in Jesus' name. A shift over your season. If it's been dry and it's been difficult, you know that you've been in that wilderness place. I want you to stand and come forward right now. Life, life in Jesus' name, life, life. Spring up a well, spring up a well, river, let the river flow in this room tonight. Anointing. Right now. Anointing. Anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Oh. Just receive it right now. Anointing. 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 Spring up a well, spring up a well, spring up a well, new season, new season, new season, new season, rivers in dry places, rivers in dry places, Lord release mantles tonight, release impartation tonight, release your glory tonight, every person in this room. Receive it right now. Just receive it right now. It's coming. Another wave right now. It's coming. Another wave of His presence is coming. It's going to wash you right now. Shame and guilt go in Jesus' name. Anointing. Fresh oil right now. Some of you are going to feel... Some of you are going to feel wine and joy. Some of you are going to feel the fire of God. Some of you are going to feel the wind of the Lord just breathing upon embers of your soul right now. Lord, release your winds right now to breathe upon the coals, to breathe upon the embers right now. Let your winds blow. Release the angelic into the room right now. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Total restoration. Total restoration of your hope. 
the hope of your calling the hope of your destiny being restored right now just receive it the hope of your calling the hope of your destiny right now being restored the hope of your calling the hope of your destiny the fulfillment of the promise the fulfillment of the promise in Jesus name life to dead places life to dead places life to dry places life to dry places life to dry places raise the dead right now Abba raise the dead of hope right now in Jesus name you will hope again you will hope again you will believe again you will conceive again you will conceive again you will conceive again oh fire Fire! Fire! Power right now. Power right now. Freedom right now in Jesus' name. It's not about manifestation. We're not working anything up. It's about just receiving from the Lord. It doesn't matter about the manifestation. Don't get distracted by that. Stay focused on the throne right now. Just wait right here. Another wave's coming. I feel it. Terry. Will you tarry with me? The Lord says, will you tarry with me? Will you tarry in the city with me until you are endued with power? Will you wait for the promise? On the backside of your wilderness is power. On the backside of your wilderness is the fulfillment of your prayers. Pick up your hope again. Pick it up right now. Just pick up your hope again. What the enemy stole from you, your identity, your hope in God, pick it up again right now. right now anyone who's had an abortion right now I speak life to your womb right now shame go guilt go in the name of Jesus total restoration right now life
The Lord says, this is for you. He's heard your prayers. You said, Lord, why have you overlooked me? Why do I feel so rejected and alone? Which says, keep coming. Keep coming. My eyes upon you. Draw near to me. I've only withheld my presence to draw you closer. To romance your heart. He's been romancing your heart. It's been dry and it's been hard, but it's to produce a greater desperation. The water tastes so much sweeter to the thirsty. Lord, right now, like Moses struck that rock, let a river flow. Let a river flow right now. Let a river flow right now. Drink deep, says the Lord. Drink. Drink from the river right now. Just breathe it in. spirit of revival to come upon New Philly. I ask for an awakening. Let this be an awakening. Lord, release revival fire. Let there be a great awakening in New Philly Church. Let a baptism of fire! Baptism of fire! We're going to pray for you. Stay in that place of receiving as we come and we pray. Just focus on the throne, that river of fire. Some of you are going to experience the Lord like you've never experienced Him before. The Lord's going to deposit things in you for your ministry, your calling. Your destiny. Some of you are going to experience great joy, the wine of the Spirit. Lord, I pray right now for those who have struggled with despair and discouragement. I pray for the oil of joy.
I pray for the oil of joy. Lord, even now, release the oil of joy. <laughs> Let joy come forth. Let joy come forth. We could have a full worship team come up. Go deep, Holy Spirit, right now. Stir up deep, deep wells right now. Stir up deep, deep wells right now. Stir the waters right now, the stagnant waters. Stir it up right now, Lord. Stir it up right now. There's warfare in the room, and that's okay. Everyone in the room, stay focused. Pray in the spirit right now. Shura basata rababa. Ora basata rababa. Ora bakatere besita ta 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 ta. Ora baba baba baba. the anointing that breaks the yoke right now God I pray for the anointing to break the yoke right now where the enemy has been tormenting you right now in the name of Jesus right now we bind your power in Jesus name we take authority over every accusation every spirit of fear in Jesus name go in Jesus name heaviness go depression go Loneliness, go in Jesus' name. Life. 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 Jesus. Lord, I pray that every person would receive everything they need tonight. Whether it be physical healing, whether it be deliverance, whatever breakthrough, whatever anointing. The enemy cannot stop what you want to do tonight, Lord. fiery jasper God right now before the throne of God just lift your need up to him right now lift your need up to him right now all over the room whatever it is 
Lord, let your glory fill this room right now. I pray for the thick honey of heaven that fall on this room tonight. I pray for the Shekinah glory.